there's nothing better than a horseback uh, hunt because it gives you everything you could possibly ever imagine. Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level, but didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. Uh, as always, my name is still, as of the last week, is Brian Maiman. Last you checked, it was still Brian? It's still Brian. My driver's Hi, Brian. license. <laughs> I talked to Mark Casavan today, and he says, hey, I got to get uh, my driver's license. I said, oh, just go online and uh, buy it. And he said, well, it's been uh, expired for a month or so. I said, and you got to go take a test if it's over a month. Did he and so I said, no. Button? I said, I go, no, there's a way around this. Do it online. A lot of times it just flies through, right? Oh, boy. Not, I'm not saying I know that from experience, but. I'm not saying I do either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a little because they don't really see you since COVID. Oh, that's right. And so anyway, um, he goes, no, you don't understand. I said, here, I'll send you the link. He goes, no, you don't understand. I go, what? And he goes, well, I don't have my driver's license. I said, I know. Just put your driver's license number in there. And he goes, no, I lost my driver's license. Ooh. I'm like, you're an idiot. So, oh, no. And, and go take a test. <laughs> For those that don't know, Mark was one of the co-hosts of the TV show that you guys did, No Boundaries. Yeah, and a great and film sportsman's guy. Sportsman's channel. And, uh, awesome and, videographer. Yeah. Hunt, hunt guy. And hunt an, videographer. Uh, that guy could self-film a hunt better than Oh, my. I've never seen it better. Oh, my Never gosh. seen it done better. Yeah, he is amazing. Um, really, really, really good. So, anyway. So, I got Bleep here, obviously. You've heard from him. To my left, across... Bleep, you changed the studio up a little bit this morning. We did. We um, did a little bit, just to keep it interesting. But it looks good. I like it. And then I got hashtag 393, uh, Brad Dana. Now, I got to tell you, okay, as long before we get started here on our topic today, I got to tell you, this is pretty cool. Um, Kelly doesn't come up with very many good ideas, very many good ideas. But um, we're, 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 as of August, we're going to be in a new office facility, right? Correct. And we're putting up a... Uh, a Adventure Hub out front. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to be called. What, what's we're an Adventure Hub? Brian? Adventure Tell Hub. Tell me about well, an Adventure Hub. Well, we're going to call it a gallery. That sounds here. cool. Yeah, it's going to be an Adventure <laughs> Hub. So you're going to be able to come in and, you know, the packs we use, the clothing we use, the gear we use, the layering systems. Uh, so right hypothetically, our Adventure Hub would be Rolling Bones Gallery and Gear? Yeah, it's going to be because. Well, we have a sign already like that. It, for we'll have that sign on there, but it ain't going to be much of a gallery. We just don't have the place like we did the old one to have. Uh, we're going to have to put these yeah. mounts somewhere. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So uh, I don't want to mislead people when they come in that they're going to get this giant gallery like the old one. Um, but someday maybe we'll have that again. Yeah. I would like to have that. Anyway, end of the day, um, we had Ian from Minnesota in the uh, – um, I, I told you today, Mankato area, right? Yep. Yep, in the Mankato area. I don't want to give away his uh, city, but Ian is a um, is a giant follower of us. 15-year-old dude, my size. <laughs> Probably 6'3", 6'4", big boy, good shape, um, Midwestern bred football yep. there you go. boy. Um, anyway, Ian, it was great seeing you. It was good to have you and your family in. You're, you're a, you got a wonderful tribe there, wonderful family. So they came out to see the Black Hills? Um, no, they were going to – yeah, they were doing the Black Hills, the gateway to the west, right, the Black yep. Hills. Then they were going to Livingston. Then they were oh. going to go down through Yellowstone. Paradise Valley. And then they yep. were going to go over to Cody and come on back. Oh, what a perfect trip. So, so, yeah, so anyway, they were in here and we talked to them. But Kelly said, listen, when people stop in, we should have hashtag 393 – where they could get a picture with the Rolling Bones stuff over it, and then they could post it on Instagram, and maybe we'll do something, there you go. and they can get a gift when they come in, yep. you know, like an Algene bottle or something for <laughs> if they mention the podcast. Make it a real gallery. Yeah. Photo and, gallery. And so between now and August, um, if you stop in and you've listened to this podcast, stop in the one we have now. Just Google us. You'll find us. The address is on there. We don't have a store. I don't want to miss anybody. But we'll make sure we give you a gift, 
and uh, you can. Uh, we'd love to see it. We'd, well, we'd what's really cool by. is that you know Ian was listening to the podcast, a big fan of the podcast. Oh yeah. And when he heard that they were coming out here to the west on vacation, he said to his mom and dad, "We got to stop and spearfish. We got to stop oh, and cool. see these guys." <laughs> yeah, they did. So and Ian's they a did. football player. Ian's a big football player. Yeah. yeah. Play hockey too. Um, no, I think he's smarter than that. <laughs> Wade, woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Talking about Minnesota people here. I, I know. You I wait. know. That's why I said better I watch. think he's smarter than that. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, if he does play hockey, he's a defenseman that uh, clears out the lanes. Oh, yeah. Because he, yeah. he is a big boy, um, and uh, I think he's got a future in ball maybe at a collegiate level. He's a big boy. <laughs> so, anyway, and I don't, I'm not talking soft. This kid, this young man, 15 years old, was maybe six two and a half, six three, not much shorter than me at all, and shoulders as big, if not bigger, than mine, and way bigger lower half. I mean, thighs like yeah, he was a big, big boy. But so he was a big fan. Ian, Trev, yeah, Trev Albert's boy. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Ian. Uh, I think Trev bigger, Albert's. I, I think I think yeah. he was bigger than Trev Albert's. Oh, so I remember Trev, Trev very well. Yeah. Cedar Falls. Trev, Trev wasn't. I mean, Trev weighed what two two hundred two hundred five in, in, high, in school? high school. Yeah, yeah. This kid yeah. weighs. I he got a lot bigger kid. at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. When Ian, I Ian when I saw him, forty five. He did. There, his legs he were about did. that big around. <laughs> That's Trev. He's doing pretty good for himself now. Yeah, yeah. He really is. Announcer, the whole no. He's an athletic director. Ad at Nebraska. Oh, is he really? Is you that bet. what he does now? Yeah. He got a legal degree, right? He became an attorney. Yeah, he did for a while. Yeah, he sure did. So anyway, well, we are going to talk about. Uh, so big shout out to Ian. Thanks for stopping by. Any of the rest of you that are out this summer in the spearfish area and want to stop by, we would love to see you. Oh, and Brian, so, yes, I might mention too. Shout out to all of our good friends in the UK, in Birmingham, in the UK. We've got a ton of listeners there, and also from our listeners in Norway. What's funny you say that because we had a UK uh, student used to be in UK. He's a new dentist. Okay, his name was Chris. He's from the UK, and he just went through our shooting school. And, oh no, kidding! And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and a hell of a shot too. Really good. Shot for, really well for a guy that grew up in uh, the UK. That yeah, we had we had two guys from uh, basically one from the UK no and one kidding. from California about the same. Wow. Friendliness towards guns and ammo shots. Well, you know, the, our audience in the U.K. is building now. It's like number four behind Australia, Canada, the United States. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, big shout out to the U.K., Australia, or, and Canada. <laughs> um, yep. So hopefully Canada um, doesn't uh, get all the guns. So um, I saw that no, thing. No, no. Did you see that thing on uh, – what's the president's name up there? The Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. So, like – 15 years ago, 20 years ago, he's in politics. He goes, nobody should ever take your guns because that would take your legal stature away as a Canadian citizen. We have a right to have guns. Now his uh, um, entire perspective. Everything's changed. woke. I didn't so, even, yeah. I've never yeah. even heard of woke before until I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of like going sneaky about my it. my alarm went off. Two, you know, the new regulations, if they pass, would be like if you have a gun and you want to give it to your son or your daughter, you can no longer do that. Oh, so they're going to stop that from happening. If, they're going to come that, into my house If that new that legislation passes through Parliament, that's that's what will happen. So it will be kind of a slow motion take back of people's guns. Well, last week we were in grizzly bear country. Ah. And it's in. I always feel like those guys up there in uh, B.C., Alberta, you know, they don't have the same opportunity. They, don't, they can't carry a handgun. They can, but it's really hard. It's a pain in their butt. But... You know, you're walking around camp. It's yep. nice to be able to have a handgun on your hip. Yep. And uh, and those guys, I mean, geez, Louise, there's – and they've got – in B.C., they've got grizzly bears protected now. Oh, yeah. And they're getting to be a major problem, you know. Yeah. Well, my, my brother-in-law never fishes Outlaw Canyon in Wyoming without a sidearm. From the time that, you know, he looked over his shoulder and saw a mountain lion following him all the way up the canyon. Was Just it because of the grizzly bears and mountain lions or the outlaws? Uh, he was fishing, <laughs> and he was waiting for an opportunity. And uh, so then the next time he came back, always with the sidearm. Yeah. Always. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at what the definition of woke means, and I think I think we're I think we're actually kind of messed up as a an entire Oy. society. Um, you know what? Um, I grew up on a um, a, a farm, farm, and uh, um, with pigs and chickens, and I didn't need sex ed. 
Nope. I knew what the female was, and I knew what the male was, and I knew what fornication was for. Does that make sense? There you go. (laughs) The gospel according to Brian. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Boom. That's it. Okay, let's get the rest of this shit over. A dude can't win a female swimming contest, period. No. He won a female contest as a dude, and he should have been in a men's bracket. So let's get this right. So anyway, we got Brad 393. Today we're going to talk about horseback hunting um we have had some uh, questions about it i know i was just on social media because we put a post on there that brad and i were over in wyoming and did a uh, a a black bear hunt we actually vetted a hunt one of we our, didn't do a black bear hunt <laughs> one, one, of, one of our outfitters uh said hey listen we have a lot of black bears maybe this would be something we could market maybe maybe not come on over let's go do this so we went over there and just check it out. No, no, I think it's a testament to the fact that we check these things out before we just throw them Absolutely. At, at our members yep. and say, hey, go do this and you be our guinea pigs. So we went over there. We were our own guinea pigs and uh, um, an amazing, amazing adventure. It was an amazing trip. I saw more sheep and I learned something because we talked to the local fish and game officer. Who drew a sheep tag. Who drew a sheep tag. And he said that that sheep in those areas from like, what, I don't know what units, 52 to 54 or 50, that, that uh, South Fork range up to the North Fork is the highest concentration of bighorn sheep in the United States. The three, four, and five then. Is that what it is? Yeah, because two's north. You're in Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and bighorn. I'm telling you, we saw a ton, a ton of sheep. And this was spring. This was spring. We saw sheep everywhere. We saw elk everywhere. We saw everything but bear. <laughs> Which is what you were there for. Which is what we were there for. You know what? I mean, the, the elk population is doing really well there. And, you know, and that's like, uh, well, that's that's an area. That, that guy has, uh, that camp has a couple of uh, archery elk openings. And that would be a phenomenal hunt. Oh, my gosh. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Wow. You know, yeah. if a guy could. If you could get yep. in there. And, and, they, and they have leftover tags. So that's how I hunted Wyoming. I, I mean, I routinely hunted Wyoming was on a leftover type 9 tag. You know, it would be my backup plan. And that's what we did every year. Um, we, we would apply for everything and wouldn't draw whatever we were dr- trying to draw. Buy a leftover type 9 tag. And you can do that still. And that would be fun. That would be a super fun You're still going to be able to do that after July 1st? Yeah, because elk are not on the big five. That's true. That's right. Yep. It, not but, yet. But not I keep yet. thinking they are. Well, well even, and they even said that that's so a compromise that they made so that it would never happen. But, you know, you, you know that's not going to. T- yeah, give an inch, they're going to be fighting for that soon. I too. think uh, that is one of the loopholes. And the, there's a reason that these they have these as leftovers because Wyoming residents have no need for them. So, I mean, quite frankly, it's a good thing for the non-residents because that's a technically a resident tag that they don't want yeah um because they don't need it because they can buy a general tag sure well yeah. and the cool and thing about the well cool the state would be crazy to shut that off then i mean i think, don't know you know with the crazy the state was crazy to do what they did on well, this too given I that mean, so yeah i mean but you're right you would think yeah um but on this hunt this this particular hunt we we were on horseback and um the amount of elk deer and sheep that we saw was absolutely incredible. Now, they have grizzly bears in the area. We did see a couple active wolf dens, uh, wolves dens. So we saw a couple of those. But when we talked to the fish and game officer, you know, and told him where they were, he said, yeah, we probably, uh, those wolves won't make it. Those wolves are going to be, <laughs> those are going to be in the danger zone because they are in the trophy unit. But they're, they're right on the edge, right? Yeah, but they're, 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 they basically are camped out on a ranch, and they'll get in trouble. Right. Right, because they can't help themselves. No. Yeah. You know, they, they don't so know. they are. Their hunting season is every morning they wake up because they're bred to go kill. And then within five, four, within the next three, four months, those pups are going to be running with them. And then they're going to be off, and they're going to use that area, and they, they just won't make it. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is um, we bumped into a, a, a big cinnamon bear. Um, we didn't see any grizzly bears, but we saw tracks. Um, yep. But uh, there's a lot of grizzly bear in the area. 
But I was impressed with the sheep population, the wolf population. Now, the cool thing about the spring this time of year is that they're migrating back into Yellowstone. So they're going back into Yellowstone. So we were riding basically up the mountain to get as high as we could um, to where the snow still was on horseback. And we were running into critters everywhere. Just, they were just thick. They were yep. just literally wow. a, a lot of the reverse deer migration. You know, the deer were heading back. Yep. Which is really cool. The you know? deer and the elk were heading back. What about the elk? visibility? Were you able to see much some days? It looked yeah, like yeah, one of the were, days it was really pretty foggy, pretty yeah, cloudy. Yeah, but even that lifted because it rained. Okay. Yeah. That and one photo I saw was pretty, yeah. Yeah, it was well, the, cool the fog, photo. Yeah, the fog it was, was really cool. We spent a lot of time We were time actually in the going over the hog's back At that just photo. off yep. of a cliffed out ridge that you couldn't get over. And then the highest point on that mountain to go to the next mountain, we rode right up that uh, hog's back and then crested over that with those horses. And it was really cool. It was wow. really cool. Yeah, the picture. Yeah. It, yeah, so you're referencing the one on Instagram yep, right that now. was the one I was thinking. Yeah, so go to Rolling Bones Outdoors Instagram, yep. and you will see it on You there. had a picture today on your account. Yeah, that was just one I put on my personal one. Yeah, that was, of, that was of, a nice – you were yeah, on that pain horse. Yeah, that pain horse. <laughs> my wife says I always pick the ugly horses. Um, <laughs> Some so. people love pain horses. They do. Yeah. My yeah. pain horse was – was yeah. a pain horse, but he looked, you know, more like an Appaloosa. Yeah, it was yeah. mostly a sorrel. The saddle covered up his. He had a, like a flying eagle on his side that looked like you wow. know, white. Was it muddy up there? Oh gosh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> let's tell him about the first. So we, so, so the first day we got there, um, we went down the South Fork all the way to the end, and we were th- we bought and bought some fishing rods because the river was gin clear, and we bought a fishing wow. license. So we thought, you know, if we go up the Ishua. And headway up in there, um, uh, we, we, we might do some fishing, right? So uh, anyway, um, we get go get the things. Well, it warmed up that day like crazy. So the next morning we come down, and it looks like dirty sink water, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. And yeah. it raised Chocolate. enough where when we got on the horses to go across at the trail's head, um, our mule and our guide went completely under. Oh, no. And the, the, uh, so the, the neat thing about it was is he was a professional saddle bronc rider. So he's really comfortable in the saddle. But there's a great equalizer when you're in a raging river and this professional saddle bronc rider doesn't know how to swim. Takes a lot of the sting. T- takes <laughs> takes a lot of the confidence out of, out of the rider. Sure, we're like oh we're like okay. So I looked at Brad. I'm like, this is a good idea. Let's turn these around because we already had uh, uh, you know water up to our boots. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was pouring over my boots and the oh, stirrups. Yeah, yeah I, pu- I I pulled my feet out of the stirrups and I was up as high as I could. And, and so I'm still wet. Still wet. Yeah, and I was wow. like, oh, this. I'm not. I'm not taking a swim on the first morning at seven uh, seven o'clock. So I'm not <laughs> sliding off the back of my saddle and grabbing this. So we go upstream, find a place, get across, and we go hunting. Okay, no problem. When we came back, okay, literally from the time we went up to the top of the trailhead and to or not trailhead, but just went up into the wilderness area and came down, there was this giant falls. Okay, yeah. and when we were going up, it was it was white and foamy and pristine and beautiful, clean water. When we came back down, it looked like chocolate glacial, milk, and mm. glacial water. Really, four yep. times as big because it, it you know it was just the melt off was, was coming. It was raging within a matter of what hours? Mm, yeah, yeah, three six, hours, four hours. No kidding. Yeah, maybe six. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't. We were up there. We, we took a little nap, and yeah, we weren't up there probably six hours. We were up there three or four. Needless to say, you didn't do much fishing. We didn't do any fishing. We didn't do any fishing. But so. we got we, <laughs> we got a fishing license. Mm. Yeah, we got a fishing license. So anyway, so we went up there. But the fact of the matter is we were vetting the camp, and uh, um, we went up three different trailheads on the South Fork, and uh, it was amazing, amazing journey. We saw the country, and, uh, um, and, and that's kind of the reason for the podcast because at the end of the day, I think that some of these horseback hunts – have became underrated because so many people are chasing chasing inches of horn in total trophy units going where do i draw where now wyoming has some hell of a trophy units for um on horseback but the fact of the matter is this is not a big time i mean how many points would it take to go on this elk hunt um with it takes about four 
Four points. Four points, but you you know there's a there's a realistic opportunity to draw on the random. They still have they have quite a few random tags. But at what two points? Well, random you wouldn't. J- need so any you wouldn't need any. No random. So, so there's yeah. Yeah, so in the Wyoming, you know, you have the preference point pool, you have a regular tag, you have the special tag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you, you have the... So you're not that, burning your points by going into the random? Well, yeah, you, you do, don't you? Yeah, well, if you draw, if you apply in the first drawing, you would burn your points. So so how you would, you would apply so for... So explain the, how that would work. So you'd apply for the tag. So, okay, let's say I'm applying for unit two sheep. It, it's all the same. They have a random sheep tag but it takes 23 points, 24 points to draw that tag. Well, if you don't have 24 points, you can still apply for the tag. You're not going to draw the preference point tag, but they have one random sheep tag. Well, the elk tags have random tag, not not every right, unit. Right, so you don't apply with your points. Is that what you're saying? You'd apply with your points, but there's still a random tag that's just pure luck. That right. everybody, everybody's on equal footing. So, like Andy for. applied with his points. Yeah, he drew. But, he, but he, he, went and he, went, he didn't draw on that. But then he got kicked into the random, and he just freaking name got pulled. Yep, name got pulled. But then it does burn his points. Yeah, burned his points. Right. So, but everybody gets a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't care about burning your points. So, what would yeah. the odds be to draw in this area random? Well, you want me to tell you? Yeah, I would love to. Because, well, I would love the listeners to know. I would like to know because I got to tell you, I would hunt. Uh, if if I okay, so I know the price of that hunt, okay, and I know the price of some of these other hunts, and I'm sitting here going, if a guy had a chance to draw a random, and that horseback hunt makes it available to somebody to save themselves a year or two and get up into that country. The fact of the matter is a guy that's not uh, looking like, you know, um, I don't know, what's the guy's name that shoots his bow on film every day? Cameron Um, Cameron Haynes. If a guy like Cameron Haynes, you know, everybody thinks to be an elk hunter, I got to look like Cameron Haynes. Bullshit. You take the horse up to the top of the mountain and go kill an elk because that's a rifle hunt during the rut. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're still, I mean, it's the end of the rut, but yeah. Yeah, they're still bugling. We heard Elk Bugle. Yeah, we heard Elk Bugle sitting there. (laughs) So um, uh, we were calling for bear and heard Elk Bugle. So it's pretty crazy. A 7% chance of drawing that as a random. In a random. And now that's on the, that would be on the regular tag. So the special has, the special has a. Is it double at 20, 14%? I'll tell you. Hold on a second. Um, uh, it's almost it's uh, it's over ten. It's over ten. Yep. So that's that's super cool. So now so now if you're looking at doing a hunt and you want to go elk hunting, elk twelve percent chance of twelve percent. See wow. that's that's yeah. a legit chance. No so kidding. that's why it's that's why that would be worth applying for. Now, it just depends. If now, you if you need help with a strategy, go to rollingbones.com <laughs> and look at our membership. $150. We have unlimited applications in all 50 states. But the, prior, the, the, the reason I mentioned that is because we could build you a plan to apply in all these western states, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and you start adding all these odds up. Pretty soon they're in your favor. You get a few points, and boom, you're on a horse going up where we went up. We rode into a meadow bleep. I'm not kidding you. Okay, we rode up over this knob. Okay, got left yep. the trail, rode up into a meadow. Thirty elk just bedded down. Right wow! There. No kidding. Boom! Just sitting there. And he said that's not uncommon to happen when you're because you're above them when you're hunting in the fall. So they get up on their horsebacks. They ride out in the morning and they hear them bugling and they see them in these meadows and they go whack them. And the percentage, of the success rate is extremely high on these horseback hunts. Oh yeah. Well, wow. here's the, some of the advantages of horsebacks. You yeah. Know, I always, yeah, I always tease. Yeah, I've wondered about that. I always teased about God invented a horse after the, he first packed an elk out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That makes a lot of I'm sense. Like, okay, this is that a, works. So, but you, you first of all, how many times? I mean, we've ridden up on elk. I mean, the the clomp 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 of of the horseback. It's like an elk, and yeah, they don't. It, that's that's it's, it's so different than when you're hiking. You know, we routinely would ride up on elk. I um, might have my horses tied up to the trees, and you know, bulls, young bulls would come 
look right at patches and say, Hey, what's up? You know, I mean, it was like, it just like, Oh, what kind of an elk is this? You know I mean? They didn't, you <laughs> know, it's an ungulate. It, 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 deer, like, deer are very similar. Deer are, deer are the same. I mean, so you, you can, I mean, how many times have we take, you know, when you go out antelope hunting and we, you're bow hunting, take, take your horse and you walk behind, you know, two people, you, one guy walks behind the antelope. The first guy walks. I was just going to say behind that. The horse. And that same and they stand there and watch the horse, and you can draw your bow and, wow. and get a nice well, shot. Well, you saying that brings to my mind the point that point of reference, the antelope deal. Well, it was the same way with them damn sheep. You and I have sheep hunted everywhere. Yeah. Sheep usually see a two-legged critter coming up and over the mountain. With those horses, they just kept looking back. We had sheep 300 yards away kept looking at us. Yeah. Like, what is that? What is that? You guys it's almost like horses. camouflage in a way. Essentially, you're one of them because you're riding one of their, you know, I guess their brethren. You yeah. Know? yeah they, they anyway, similar, go ahead similar with what strike. you were saying. I didn't want to interrupt. Anyway, I wanted to add, well, too. well, there's just so many advantages. I, I think the scent. Uh, I the wondered s- about that. The scent's different. It doesn't seem they're not near as wary of the scent when, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, horse has, you know, uh, an herbivore smell. And uh, it seems to help cover your scent to a certain extent. It just seems to confuse them a lot. You, you get on a horse, um, you, you walk with the same cadence that, you know, those animals are in there. Oftentimes, it depends on how well your horse is broke, but they want to lean, reach down and chew on some grass. And, you know, I mean, all that are similar noises that they're mm-hmm. used to mm-hmm. and comforted yep. by. Yep. So. Um, Along with the clop, clop. <laughs> But anyway, you can get into some country. Yeah, Amish drive-by shooting. Clop, clop, bang. Clop, clop, <laughs> clop, bang. That's just a little Iowa joke there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> um, that was a little corny Brad Dana joke, but I thought I, you guys would like it. <laughs> clop, clop. So anyway, you know what? That That's a really good point. And the other thing is, is you're not talking as a human much when you're on the horses because you're riding along and it, it, it creates a – a quiet, constant um, pursuance. Well, and here's the other thing: you have a you have a nine foot vantage point because you're you're sitting on top of a horse. It gives you a whole different perspective, and you can see a lot better. So you you know I mean you can see. No, I mean you're not I'm glassing off a horse sucks because they're reaching for food or want you know they'll shuffle and and that's not steady. But you can see the country in a different perspective because of where you're at. Um, but I think it's, uh, you know, I've always said, I don't mind, the older I get, the less need I have for gnarly backpack hunts. They're still awesome and fun. Mm-hmm. But horseback hunts, you can bring a little bit more oh, gear. Oh man, the um, food you bring, yeah. the, just, I mean, just everything. You're not you're not chintzing on it. So if you're gonna book an, uh, a, w- when we help people book, but I wanna ask you a question, Brad. When we when you're gonna book an elk or uh, let's just say any horseback hunt. Now there's a couple I would say different genres of horseback hunts. There's a safari hunt, like a um, you know what we did in British Columbia, BC where you just where you know you just go and you drop animals and take yeah, what comes. Fourteen days, yep. you're running a fifteen horse string, two hunters, yep. um, a guide and a wrangler, and uh, your 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 ass is on it. But my advice would be to try to do as many of those as humanly possible. <laughs> my advice would be if you've never rode a horse and you're thinking about this, do not – don't stop the podcast and go, I'll listen to the next one because I'm not riding a horse. Most of these guys that run legitimate horseback operations have horses that will behave no matter what you do on their back. Well, are you thinking about Aaron? Uh, well, it doesn't no, Aaron's mean, I mean, an asshole because he okay. put us on some, you know, no, I'm teasing. But like this guy, I know th- this guy's horses. I knew you'd appreciate that. Yeah. This guy's horses. He called them dude horses. No, well, these are dude so horses. I bought dude horses. And, and that's funny because like the guy I bought one of my horses from was the, the horse wasn't well broke. Uh, I mean, it was plow. It was a plow rain horse. But here's what it did. It'd get right behind you and follow. Nothing scared it. Right. What the guy, the guy said, yeah, this this horse is the, these horses are all used to toting Japanese tourists around all day. It's just all day long, every day. Wow. That's what, no you kidding. Know. What about German tourists? Well, his that wasn't what he said when when I my point was it was somebody who'd never ridden a horse before 
and you can jump up on. Well, these horses are the same. They take. They're used to going back and forth. Right. And back they're just and taking forth. unexperienced, inexperienced, inexperienced riders yep. in and out, in and out all the time. Yep. The the funny thing is, if you're going to go on one of these horseback hunts, I would say suggest though taking a few riding lessons because when you start packing a horse, you start putting your gear on it. You want to be able to drive the horse to some degree because it's not just a pack trip. It's more uh, fun. The better shape you're in, the better rider you're in, the better glasser you are, the better shooter you are, the more experienced with tying your horse up, tying a knot, tying a bank robber's knot, doing a daisy chain, whatever. I mean, the more you, the more you know, the more you're going to get out of it, um, I think. So, you know... You know, depend, I, I mean, most every place you can go get some riding lessons. You can find somebody with horses. I mean, everybody around, you know. That, I mean, that's what I wrote down ev- is, is find ev- somebody with horses. Everybody around here, you got horses. My horse has never got ridden enough. As, I mean, you can always. So you know, if somebody would have called yeah. you and said, hey, hey let's go mind, ride. Would yeah, you, come on. You, yeah, you I'll saddle a horse let's for you. It. Let's go. Exactly. Um, you know, if, I mean, if you, if you have access to horses and Here's you ride. Here's the thing I want to comment on you said. Be in shape. Okay, you said you, you've said this before, but it never you were you were never in too good a shape. You never went on a hunt and went, oh, sh- I spent too much time getting in shape. That sucks, man. Didn't need to do all that. You never regret being yep. physically in shape, physically capable. And let me help you with something. All you listeners, your horse will not regret it either. <laughs> well, there's a difference between horseback riding and horse sitting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to get a yeah. lot more out of it if you're horseback riding um you know these were really like last week we were on really well broke horses well you and i both are pretty comfortable on a horse and and i think we uh, you know the, it was more enjoyable riding the horse instead of just sitting and being a dummy right on it you're yep. not a crash test dummy on a horse so, so you know you you brad you were like a diy horseback hunter like way back yep. i mean for a long time yep. what got you first started in that what made you make that investment? Oh well, I was. My wife says I was born in the wrong century, and I. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, you're, I, you're, you know, you know when I was a little hunted kid, with a musket. My my dad didn't hunt. <laughs> no. I would lay awake dreaming about going hunting, an experience that I've never had, but it, it's in your blood. Well, so it's you know, I mean, you know, back here, when you grew up around here, there was a lot of horseback. You know, my family right. all, you know had horses my yep. mom and dad rode horses to school even in whitewood i guess but and everybody hunts but not everybody hunts with horses no but it opens up so much more country and it just it's just a whole different deal when you can hunt horseback um you know you could get in comfortably and reasonably so much farther you know uh, particularly wyoming uh montana you know these states it's just a whole different deal because you can get away from people Colorado, you can horseback hunt, but, you know, some of those wilderness areas, you, once you go to the halfway point, there's a trailhead on the other side that you, you meet people. But anyway, even you know, yeah. South Dakota, you know, in the hills here, when we elk hunt, we oftentimes would elk hunt off horseback, and it's just a cool way to hunt. Yep. You know, you ride along, and, and you don't, you know. Are there technical issues, though, when you're horseback hunting, for example, crossing a stream, going up a steep um, incline, coming down. Well, that's, um, that's why a, honestly, a bear crosses the path and startles the horse. Yeah, well, that, that stuff, that's why you should take some riding lessons and or get somebody who has some horse so you get some saddle time. Because like Brad always says, you can't buy trigger time. You know, there, there's, listen, if your horse goes bananas or blows up a little bit um, and you don't know how to – put the proper because it's a balancing act at the end of the day it's somewhat like walking um learning how to ride a horse getting your thighs into the uh stirrups you know it should be a relaxing thing when you get to go you should be able to do it forever but the fact of the matter is if you have no sense that's why i said you should take some riding lessons this isn't a pack trip up and a pack trip down when you're going on a hunting uh trip you got to know how to get your feet in and out of the stirrups and be able to manage your horse a little bit because if a horse blows up, um, they blow up. Now, the good news is most of them just put their nose to the ground when they're done being idiots and go back to the herd because they're hurting. Yeah, I mean, for instance, we were in places. You, you want to you, – <laughs> this guy, the guy we were with, he, he rode a mule one day. And his stinking mule, mules are notorious for wanting to roll. 
And sometimes <laughs> they just say, hey, I got an itch. I want to roll. Well, he stopped, tried to roll with him. You know, that guy was getting out of his stirrups in a hurry. He got had a little bit of a hiccup because his hiking boots, you know, you want to have, you know, you want to be able yeah. to get in yeah, and out in of and your out. stirrups on your saddle. Um, so, yeah, the better, you know, if you can spend a little bit of time, it's rewarding. Plus, it's fun. I love I love getting back and riding horses. I know, Brian, um, it's funny because you grew up breaking horses. Uh-huh. Uh, you grew up on a horse farm. You, uh, how many How many times I've heard you say the, the only thing you got for a horse that's worthwhile would be a bullet or a something bullet. like that. But oh. now, okay, but <laughs> yeah. you've been I far- dreamed of shooting those suckers <laughs> oh since I was old enough to walk. I know some of you guys are going to be like, what? But but the fact of the matter is, yes. And but, now, but now you, I found now a you really enjoy for a horse. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? These are th- There's a tool to these. Yeah. We raced our horses on weekends yeah, to right. entertain people. And um, and then we broke the neighbor's horses and or got them every spring because the 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 neighbor bought his daughter a horse and they barn soured it all year yeah. long and it was a pain in the ass so they brought it over we'd get on it and try to buck us off rear up yeah. and then after a day it would decide well I'm not going to do that so I better be obedient you know what I'm saying yeah. did so you ground train them when they came in you or yeah, did you just well, jump on and cowboy them. Uh, d- depending yeah. if, if, if we'd saddled them before and rode them before, we didn't do any ground training. We got on, we got the buck out of them. Yeah. You just rode, them, if, you rode it up. Right. If we didn't know, of course we sacked them. We roped them. We would put them on a walker for three and a half hours well, and let them just got, walk. Then they behave real well. Yeah. That you took some of the spunk out of them. Well, for ex- uh, my, one of my hygienists, she, her husband's a professional bronc rider. She got bucked off a horse, got hurt pretty good this week. Really? Last week. Um, you know, I mean, so if you don't put enough time in, you know, that horse was green, had been eating green grass. Um, but these guys, you know, if if you have access to somebody like this, they're riding these horses all summer long. You yeah. know, they dry lot them yeah. a little bit, get them ready to go, and, and they just work. And, and it's a really amazing so, experience. So um, how do you handle your firearm while you're riding and then dismounting and, it's, and it's you, know, funny you, you get a shot? That. So I got a few things here that I've that I've written down from the weekend and that I think that maybe people should consider if they're going to do a horseback hunt, okay? One is being in shape never hurts, like you said. We already covered that yep. one, Brad. Um, n- know your stirrup length. You should really know your stirrup length. I see so many people that ride that and, – and different – I got to tell you this. Different people have different ideas and different preferences about their stirrup length, okay? Um, I like my f- legs fairly extended. Um, if I'm going to be lo- riding for an extended period of time, because otherwise I'm absorbing all of it. I, w- I, I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? And I have long legs. Uh, so know your stirrup length and know what's comfortable to you. Don't be too proud to ask questions. You know, you get so many people. I, I still, hey, do you want this tighter than that? Is this cinch tight? Is this cinch not tight? And, uh, um, you know, uh, you start uh, putting optics on one side of the horse right. and your scabbard on the other. And it's going to start leaning, and you you don't want to do that. And a lot of times these horses understand that they can hold their breath while you're cinching them up, and they can have another inch and a half of circumference. <laughs> and uh, um, so you can't be too proud to ask questions. Have a scabbard-ready rifle, okay? Call us. Call Brad. Ask for Brad. He can help you. Know the dimensions of your rifle. Call your outfitter. Say, here's my rifle dimensions. Here it is from bottom to top on the scope. Here's how long it is. Here's where it's at. Is it going to fit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we have our yeah. own scabbards. We bring yeah. our own scabbards. With and, us. and the funny okay. thing is, is we just bought, we're going to carry about, scabbards yep. because we just we, saw an amazing design. And we were both like, holy shit. And Brad and I are like, we'll take a half a dozen of those. Yep. And we bought custom ones for us that we're going to have our names logoed into. The cool thing is, is you put your gun in and you throw them in your hard gun case yeah. and they're with you. Right. And just so folks know what the scabbard is, it's what you carry the firearm in while you're yeah. riding. Yep. Right. It's not what you saw in the cowboy westerns growing up. Not quite like that, but pretty similar. Yeah, P- pretty similar. And then, um, uh, you know what? Make sure your guy checks your equipment if you're uncomfortable. Have your guy check your equipment. You know. And then the only other thing I would say is if you're really going to get into the horseback trips because we've been doing more and more of them. And I looked at over the next three years uh, what we plan on doing. Right. And I'm going to get my own saddlebags. Um, just simply because I want lower hanging saddlebags. Yeah, like I don't them. like high singing saddlebags because when I go to get on the horse fast and your foot hits the saddlebag that's that's 
I don't know if the word were to be, be almost perpendicular and horizontal at the same time, angled up into the air off its ass. Your foot hits it. It's flipping up. You're, you're knocking with it. The last three times we've gone, I brought <laughs> brought my own saddlebags. And I said, you got good saddlebags? Yeah, I got good saddlebags. Yeah, your saddlebags. are. But that's the red bag in the back. Yeah, that's never, what I want. Never had, I've never had good saddlebags for what I wanted out of them. I've got a I've got a nylon one that's really good. The, you know the reason I like the nylon one it lays so much. Over on the side. Well, it does that, but also it's got a pack. It's got a zipper pouch right behind the butt. Yep, yep, right behind the pommel, so you, you can unzip it. You can put your tripod in there because a lot of times we have hiccups with our tripods. If you want to get so so you're riding along, you I see something. I need to look at that because I'm going to order one of those. Super nice. And then you got and then you got bags on the other side. It's just got a little elastic loops that go around the stirrups. So or I have some leather uh, saddle bags that are bigger and they're way heavier. So so you're talking about a little bit of an investment here. If you're really going to get into horseback hunting, that's what you'd want to do. It, yeah. You don't want to just do a one off. It, it's not that expensive. You know, a couple hundred bucks for a scabbard, a couple hundred bucks for some good uh, um, oh, uh, okay. saddlebags. Saddle bags. Sure. You're not looking at a ton of money. You know, basically for what a cost of a really high-end Mystery Ranch or Kafaru or yeah. Stone Glacier yeah. pack would be, you're, you're looking at having the same thing for your horse. And then you know what? When you go in, you're not counting on the outfitter having Ricky the old stuff that doesn't fit you right. And, and I'm not saying they all do, but you know what? Outfitters sometimes don't look at that equipment the same way you I've, do. I've brought my own lead ropes along too because I like a yacht lead rope, and I got a tw- I, I use twelve foot ones, mm-hmm. and it's so much nicer. A lot of times they'll have these short six foot, and you don't have enough room. Um, so, but I, I haven't done that for quite a while. But it's when you're used to a nice twelve foot lead rope, it's right. It's yeah. nice to have one because it's easy to you can find a little bit bigger tree to tie it up to, whatever. Yeah. So what about cost? You know, when you're looking at a hunt with horseback. Yeah. Well, it depends. Yeah. But here's the thing. A lot of horseback hunts are public ground. Public ground is either loved or hated. You know, people say, oh, you know. You. Here's yeah, the I'm not thing. paying to hunt with all the other hunters. Yeah. The reality well, is the horses get you away from the foot hunters. And you might see some cowboys in Wyoming or Colorado that have their own horses. But they're going to have limited time that they expose themselves to those mountains. And then outside of when they're gone, the only people that are up there is the outfitters. So from my perspective, and I jumped in on you, Brad, but they get you where the other public hunter can't go because the uh, outfitter will ride in there further. Well, to, and to have giant animals, a lot of times your best hunting is on public land because there's so much of it. And, and, and they and like remoteness. And they like remoteness, and they can get away from people because, I mean, like where we went last weekend, it was, what was it, a seven-hour horseback ride? Yeah, we rode there? for seven hours. The one day. That's why. That's why people were calling me. Hey, how was your bear hunt? How did it go? Um, that, that you know, buddies of mine. And I'm like, you know what? It went phenomenal. It's not going to be a bear hunt, but you gotta you gotta apply for elk and get your ass out here and go elk right. hunting in this area because it was a ama- seven hours. I mean, I felt like I was in British Columbia. Not even a question. Well, and I, <laughs> no I've always, kidding. I've wow. always yeah. wanted to wow. be. I have always wanted to be on that trail. Yeah, that's a well, that's a famous drainage. Those three drainages right there in a oh, row. Yeah are world famous and these were way public. back. This is mostly public. It's yeah, it's all, all wilderness area. Yeah, and so the other thing is, is if you're not a resident of it's Wyoming, true. it's illegal to hunt in the wilderness area without an outfitter. True. And even we have a really good friend of ours, Andy, um, uh, from Sundance. He drew a sheep tag, and I was just talking to him the other day. And um, he's hiring a pack string to take him back in yeah. to get him in there as far as he can too so even people that are from wyoming if they want to go back in on one of these once in a lifetime tags well here's the reality of it a lot of these people like this guy said oh yeah you can draw the two best units for sheep in wyoming and most most of the people if they're not used to hunting that way because you don't do it i mean it's so hard to draw those tags you don't do it and they shoot little stuff just because you, you know, I mean, I, these guys shoot. Th- so, so here's the thing hmm. about this hunt, oh. okay? Let, let, let's, and this is what horses do for you, in my opinion. Okay. So, this, you go to Colorado, kill a 290 to 300 inch bull right now, prices went up 6,500 to 8,500. That's what you're going to pay for a good bull on 
private or public land guided and the public land guided i think that i think uh i'll have to see but um i'll google this quick but i think it was like it's, 23 or 24 percent you, you ask costs it, there's two ways to look at it one if you have private land you're going to pay for private land access okay two if you have a backcountry hunt back quite quite frankly there's a lot more involved on a backcountry hunt you need wall tents you need all the all the tack, you need the horse strings. You a ton need, of gear, yep. You need a lot of gear. You know, you got to, you have specifically, you know, for the most part, you're not going to bring exactly, you're going to have a little bit modified. You might bring, you know, your normal pots and pans and all that because you have horses, but you need a lot of gear to get up there. It's a lot more work. You know, you have one day packing in, you got one day packing out, you know, so the outfitter. A lot of times you'll find these pack-in trips a little bit cheaper, and it's pro- in my opinion, it's hardly even fair. That's what I was just going to say. Because it's a lot more work. I mean, you drive up in, somewhere in Paradise Valley and park your truck, sure. and uh, you jump out and you haul your suitcase in and you put it on a cot and a cabin, whatever, and then you go hunt private land in a four-wheel drive truck and you park there and you walk around, whatever. That's a to- totally different deal than meeting at the trailhead, weighing out your weighing out the panniers, getting everything even, loading, getting your horse set up. A lot of up, work. A lot of work. But usually the horseback hunt's actually a little bit cheaper. A lot hmm. of times it's not hmm. unusual. Yeah. So so here you got um here you got the statewide uh, success ratio on elk in Colorado, okay, is um where was it? Hold on. Statewide Colorado. 17% overall. 18% for, ri- for rifle. I, for uh, or everything. Um, yep. Blended. Yep, blended. 18%. Okay. Now you got outfitters that say 95%, 65%, 75%. You know, that's what we do. We vet all that to see how real it is and what it is. Okay. But here's what I know about this place Colorado elk is awesome. Wyoming elk. You don't know. You could, you, you could stumble across a 340 bull, a 350 bull, a 360 bull. They're a big elk because you're riding as far back as this outfitter can get you in his concession yep. to, yeah. to Yellowstone National Park. Right. So you got this confluence of drainages that come out of Yellowstone, right? Or these drainages that come out, and you got these trailheads, the North Fork and the South Fork, and these outfitters that, that go – towards the park to get to where the elk are living and making their life and residence in the late summer early fall and it's it's it there's big elk in there. didn't uh, brian martin say that he thought he saw maybe a 390 class while he, he was scouting that yeah. area he's got, last he's summer got footage on it yeah it's and see that but that's uh yeah. and that was a horseback hunt that was a horseback hunt that was yeah that was farther yeah. south that was that wasn't. That didn't have anything to do with uh, Yellowstone migration type. No, that's elk. over that was, by. Yeah, um, that was uh, down Thermopolis. Yeah, that right. was farther south. Okay, so not the but same. But you know, area, Gray's okay. River, all that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, that, that was over can, in that area. No, that wasn't. That wasn't by the Gray's River. He was south. He was south of Cody. Oh, he was south. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But those were those were okay. Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought it was up in that area, but it was. Was he south and east of Cody more that. than we were? Uh, he was a fair amount. Farther south than we were. Yep. Closer to Thermop. Yep. Okay. Yep. So so that's interesting. Um, uh, but if you look at it, so now you, you, uh, you this is a less expensive hunt from that perspective because it's guided. But then you add some dollar, or I'm sorry, it's on public land. But then you add some dollars back in because it's horse fit outfitted and it's food lodging and they take you up there for what is uh scott palmer always say um care skill and judgment care skill and judgment scare, yeah. scare, care skill and judgment and you get to go hunting now i'm going to tell you something about a horseback hunt okay you think that you're you're taking a step back by hiring a guide to go hunting horseback you're a fool Okay, because that's the real deal. You're involved every step of the way. You need to help with the horses. You get it. I mean, it, there is, it is a real deal. And uh, I remember being a young guy. We went to uh, Meeker, White River National Forest, and rented horses and went up. And I told yep. my buddy the one day, um, having grown up around horses, I said, listen, he was 
this is a good horse. He kept saying on the way up. Was, we had two of them. And, and, and I said, let's just walk them up, walk them back. We rented the packs. It was just so we didn't have to have a big. So you, kept, you didn't have to carry the crap on your back. And we could carry a little bit more in, yep. a lot more. Yeah. Okay. So this is what we did. Our second year out there, I was 21, 22 years old. I'm like, dude, we're going to rent horses. So we rented horses. And I'm like, mm. the only problem with horses is there's care involved every day. A lot of care. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I said, listen, tie these horses up short. He goes, I'm going to stay in camp a little bit this morning, get a little something else to eat, and uh, I'm going to get my plan. I said, okay, I'm out of here at daylight. Boom, I left. Okay? I said, the last thing I said to him is you tie these horses up short. Don't give them any deference. You don't give them an inch. They'll be fine all day. They'll stand there. Don't Better to see ribs these. and tracks. Is Ex- that the old saying? Exactly. <laughs> I came back. Did you see tracks? No. <laughs> I, you had, had a horse. We had a horse almost completely dead, tangled oh. up. Oh, jeez. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. So, I, I, and we came back into camp at the same time. I, he was a little bit ahead of me, but I saw him coming down out of a meadow. And I get there, and he's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I said, we got to cut him free. Well, he went to cut him, and right when he cut him, I told and I just about ready to say, no, 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 cut him up high. Don't cut him low. <laughs> Slice his hand wide open. Ooh. Cut the horse oh. free. You know what the horse does? Mm. Tracks. Boom. All the way down the trail. Now I got one horse. I got five days left in my hunt. No. Oh, I'm like, you're <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my thing is, is if you go on a horseback hunt with an outfitter, um, you, you're spending money on the right well, thing. And, and a lot of times you'll have somebody whose their sole job is to take care of the horses. You know, they're. Yeah, Wrangler, right? Yep. Yeah. So. So I would say, you know, you can't go wrong. Um, I would say Colorado, um, Montana. Kelly just left. I was going to ask her. Um, we have some unbelievable Montana horseback yeah. trips that go into the Bob, oh, that yeah. go into uh, just north of Yellowstone. Um, yeah, that's a phenomenal one, and that one's just priced. It's, uh, I, I don't even know how that guy does it. I don't either. And um, you know what? And he has about a, a 65%, 70% success rate, yep. which is really big. Now, some of you guys go, well, that means I could be one of the 35 40%. Yep. Yeah, but if you're going there just to kill, you're missing it. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a, uh epic, epic adventure when you do that. Uh-huh. Amazing country. But, yeah, you got you got horse care to take care of. Um, you know, somebody's helping you with that. Somebody's helping you. I mean, say you're hunting elk. An elk is a big endeavor to get out 12 miles, right? Um, oh, my gosh. I can't imagine carrying an elk out 12 miles, 10 miles, whatever, on your back. Well, and you know what else Yikes. I like about an elk? The absence of dehydrated food. About horseback. Or I'm sorry. About, I'm saying elk. <laughs> about right. horseback. Excuse me. Yep. What I like about horseback, the absence of dehydrated food. Yeah, that's a purely emergency backup. Is <laughs> exactly. you got your well, you throw a few stuff. bags in yeah. in case you get going one yeah. day and don't come back. Yeah, but otherwise, that's dude, actually huge. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, coming back and having bacon and eggs for breakfast. You know, like the horse hauled it up. A lot no of this stuff, if you show up on a on an outfitted hunt, you get one pannier. You know, like if you're in a grizzly bear, they'll use a hard sided pannier. You'll get one pannier. You got to you get to bring all of your stuff up in a pannier. Yeah, fill that up and then and then plus your bedroll. Yep. Um, that there's, I mean, cripes. You can put you can put a lot of stuff in one pannier that you're not putting on your back. And uh, hmm. and the other thing is is the experience of riding into let's British Columbia, the Yukon, the wilderness like that, uh, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho. I'm telling you, there's something priceless about it. People that, you know, I mean, people, some people can't envision what it would be like. You should put a BC type safari, horseback safari, where you have three, four tags in your pocket and you just go for 10, 12, 14 days. It's, I mean, there's, you just can't even put it into words almost. The The other night I was watching YouTube and I asked myself, I was like, dude, if I had to do one hunt, one hunt. If I got to do one great big adventure in my entire life, that's all I could ever afford. What would I do? If I was a if I was a butcher and I made eighty grand a year as a meat manager, hundred grand a year, had a couple kids, and said, you know what, I've, I've went out west a few times, but I'm going to do one big hunt, epic hunting adventure. What would I do? I could save for a couple of years and do something exactly. big. Exactly. What would I it start be? making payments on the uh, help um, plan on the help plan with Rolling Bones? 
You know what I would do? I do. I know exactly what you Yukon or British Northern British Columbia. Northern, I was guessing Yukon. Northern BC. Or the Yukon. Yeah. And I would probably do the Yukon because I could get on the reason being is because I could afford a sheep in that. And I could oh, do yeah. I could do a combo with a Yukon sheep. I could do, you know, I could do yeah, moose, moose, caribou, yeah. bear, mm-hmm. and sheep. And I could go up there and I'd go for a fourteen day all you can do. Eat meal deal, and I would go have a buffet of adventure like yep. you've never seen in your life. Yep. And every day that sucked, I would embrace it, and I'd go, dude, um, this is awesome. Yeah, there's going to be some weird spent. stuff that you're not accustomed to that comes up, but take it for what it is. Yeah, you're going to get you know, rain day. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah you're gonna get saddle sore. I mean, that's yeah. just part of the deal. You're not used to riding. It's not like you ride every day and go check the cows, and I mean, that's part I, of the I had deal. to buy shitty rain pants, and the things, oh my gosh, th- those things wore a um, basically a rash <laughs> all the way across the top of the my ass, and I I literally Brian Martin would be making some comments about a rash on my ass, uh, but anyway, uh, I can hear it now. <laughs> But anyway, those pants were not good for me. Uh, but for three days of riding, but it so was good. those reminded me of the swishy sweats. I, uh, Dave, <laughs> I've seen Dave get get. Uh, uh, I don't call it bucked off. I call it an unplanned dismount. But you don't want to wear swishy sweats <laughs> for, <laughs> for an unplanned dismount. dismount. For an unplanned dismount. <laughs> so just to review what uh, what you guys been talking about here. So advantages of a horseback hunt. When you're on a mounted hunter, doesn't seem to frighten the wild game as much. Uh, scent masking is a is an issue. I mean, is is actually a plus uh, because of the the horse masks the sense. Um, the vantage point being up in the air while you're riding can bring you better visibility. You can bring more gear and more food with a, a horseback hunt. It opens up more land for you to hunt if you're on public land, particularly. It's good to go on a few riding lessons before you do. Good to be in shape. Um, Must know your stirrup link. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to do that. Uh, Make sure that you've got the equipment that you need if you're buying your own saddlebags or scabbards. And um, uh, basically, uh, you know, just enjoy every day. No dehydrated food. That helps. Right. Yeah, I would say that's really a good overview. I'd say the only thing, listening to that, I would say the only thing I would do is make sure that you were in contact with your um, outfitter before you went and been honest with them about your size as a person so they were prepared from a horse perspective because they can get a bigger horse for you. And then um, if you had any preferences, you know, um, I need a little bit bigger saddle. Um, You know, just let them know. And they can be prepared for you. Um, and uh, if you have your own saddle, you might want to bring it. You have your There's own saddle, some value in that. Yep. yep. Well, I think we did a podcast with Jim Anano where he went on that BC horseback hunt, and he had very little experience with horses, but he talks about the things that he went through and and what a great hunt that was. By the end, had a great experience. I don't know the number of it right now because I don't have my list in front of me, but it, you can go back and find that. Uh, yeah, and day, really good podcast. And, and that was the one where he said day two he was going to call me up yes. and tell me why yes. he was never doing this shit again. That's the and, one. And uh, he was backing out, and I could sell all his hunts. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end, he was just like, uh, I can't believe but, it did that. That was so awesome. Exactly. And now Bonanno is like a house of fire. Yeah, he yeah, eats yeah, this he shit up. He sent me a picture the other day. He's farming, right? And he's like, I'm a Detroit boy. I said, oh, shit, I should have went with you. I'm an Iowa boy. I know a little bit about dropping that uh, um that gear into the ground and uh he was like yeah thanks for telling me now anyway um yeah he is uh he's killed it man that guy is crazy and uh um an unbelievable adventurous seeker and that was the last thing i would tell you is that if you want the true the truest adventure in the marketplace today from a big ba- big game wilderness backcountry hunt. Um, we've done the backpack. We've done the Alaska range all over the country. There's nothing better than a horseback uh, hunt because it gives you everything you could possibly ever imagine. Right. It adds all the elements of Jeremiah and Johnson. Well, you know what, Bear Claw, Chris Lapp told Jeremiah Johnson, don't you? I don't remember. Elk don't know how many feet... A horse has, boy. <laughs> no kidding. No, I don't. I don't remember uh, that. He shot. He shot the elk with the. He didn't have a fifty cal, and mm. he 
They were they were sneaking behind the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Can you skin yeah, a grizz? Can you skin a can you skin a grizz, Pilgrim? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway. So, well, listen, we appreciate you listening today. Hopefully this helps. If you're looking for an adventure, go ahead and check us out at rollingbones.com, rollingbones.com. Check out our memberships for all our members. We do have the help plan, hunting expedition layaway. Pay for your next trip a little bit at a time until it's time to go hunting. And as a member, you can enjoy discounts on the latest outdoor gear and so much more. Um, we have hunt plans where you go in there. Um, if you are a, uh, a social media guy or gal or you like to be on the Internet and it consumes time, you got to go to our adventure catalog and start comparing all our hunts. We have a thousand adventures and basically there are a thousand independent websites with the hunt overview, hunt experience, gear list, and then all the video media and, uh, media on it, so you can see every digital asset, pictures that you'd ever want to see. Most of these are better than the Outfitter website. Yeah, that's we don't send them to the Outfitter websites because we actually we have a criteria that they have to get to us, and uh, and our our website works. Uh, it's better than the Outfitters websites, and nothing against Outfitter websites, but ours was built for the algorithm in that hunt plan so people could compare their adventures. So go ahead and go to rollingbones.com. Check that out. And if you need help with applications, we would love to help you. If you need help with a hunt plan, we would love to help you. Go to rollingbones.com and check out our membership, okay? Um, and remember, subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. Go ahead, click share. Click share for us. And send it out to some friends. Let them know what you're listening to. We would appreciate it. Um, the better and bigger we get, the better and more we can help you get your own adventure, build your own um, program, and have you own your own outdoor experiences. That's what we're about, is to help you build your very own experiences and your very own hunt plans. So, until next week, we appreciate you listening. Happy honey. No, stay healthy, be safe, and happy honey.